everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are starting a new month here at Movie Club, uh, which this is the month of June 2019, and our theme for this month is The River Runs Through Us, in parentheses, now streaming. These are uh, movies that are currently streaming on services that we subscribe to. Um, what you're going to see, though, is that it's basically Amazon Prime Month, because we picked all four of our films from Prime. Uh, we do have Shudder and Hulu, and um, I still have Netflix. Corey's dropped Netflix, although I think uh, Stranger Things might pull you back. Is that possible? You know, I might wait until um, there's another season of something else I want to see. Like, uh, I didn't realize that another season of Peaky Blinders, it sounds like, is coming out this yes, year. Because they're is. so far, like, it isn't consistent when they're released. No, so, that's kind of true with Netflix in general. Because uh, Stranger Things, back one and two both came out in October, but then we had to wait an extra six months, seven months, eight months mm. for July this year. So, yeah, it, it's been a Netflix MO. Um, and then they also randomly drop things that we're not ready for. Like, I wasn't... Apparently, Jessica Jones Season 3 is about to come out. I didn't even know they were doing a Season 3, um, which I didn't watch Season 2, but I like Season 1 a whole lot. Uh, nonetheless, um, this month, we picked four movies, and the the always constant stipulation, no matter what our theme is, is that the movie that we are picking, we have not seen, or we know the other person has not seen. One of us has not seen the movie. And many times it, both of us have not seen it. Um, Corey for the first, uh, she had the first pick for this month and she went with Charlie Bartlett, um, from 2008, which I've seen, but I realized watching it, uh, I watched it today, in fact, which I rarely oh. do, but I'm on summer break. So I had the whole day. So, Brave. Uh, okay. Um, uh, but, uh, I have seen it, but I've not seen it from beginning to end ever. So it was oh. like watching it for the first time. Um, but uh, we will be getting into our full review. We start off with a uh, spoiler-free and then move into spoiler review of Charlie Bartlett um, later in the episode. But uh, before we do that, we like to catch up with what's been going on and talk about briefly what else we've been watching, which, again, I'm on summer vacation, so I've seen a movie a day. Uh, a couple of days, I've seen two movies. Um and uh and then we get into our review so um cory how you doing i'm doing fine um it's winter again <laughs> here in idaho so i saw your uh, uh, i think it was a tweet about it was uh, facebook it was facebook okay <laughs> yeah um that yesterday morning i don't acclimate well like i'm kind of a princess that way i just it's hard for me so you know it gets up to like 80 in my house and that air goes on um, so yeah, yesterday morning we had our air on and then I ended up turning it on off yesterday afternoon and it got like to 61. Uh, I went to a movie with a friend last night and it was like really breezy and we knew it was going to get much colder. And then it was 67 degrees in my house this morning. So I turned on my heat. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I was hoping to go swimming at the end of the month, but I don't really know what's going to happen. Well, here it's uh we're getting the warm-up summer but it's been kind of cloudy the last couple of days so it's been like nice again we're not nice like it's still hot but it's tolerable been cooler. you can breathe yeah. you can walk outside and not be completely drenched in sweat instantly um but by the end of today's afternoon that was no longer true like we went grocery shopping and it just like the walk back and forth to the car i was like drenched um Ugh. because it's just super humid and i i am you know, still a little overweight, so I sweat a little easy right now, but it's it's coming down. Weight's dropping. Um, I had to, uh, you know, Taylor was um, has celiac, uh, which is a gluten 
intolerance um like a severe badly it's not it's just like an allergy serious yeah it, it could be um but so we've had to be really careful with gluten and stuff and to be fair it's not a hundred percent that it is celiac but that's what the doctor suspects and we're still running through the process of identifying um but so anytime i find something new gluten-free um that will feel like normal food for her i get really excited and i end up buying it um and i was at Publix this morning and I'm walking, I don't even know what caught my eye, but you know those like pre-packaged like cookie dough things where they're, they're little squares and you put them on a, a cookie sheet, yep. good to go? They have now gluten-free ones of those. Um, and I like it <sighs> caught my eye and I was like, sweet. So I bought her a chocolate chip cookie one. Now they're gluten-free, but they're not carb-free. So they're, they're still very something I can't eat. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I love homemade cookies. Like that is a weakness, like really hard for me. And she made them tonight. I have not had one. It was very hard. Um, I ended up having uh, decaf coffee and um, a very delicious. I don't know if you do protein bars, Corey, but Quest and One Bars are uh, very like Quest are low carb, like four carbs, uh, four net carbs, and um, so those are like keto friendly, super keto friendly. Quest, all their products are keto friendly, and then. Um, one is a little little more sugar but if you want to indulge and you don't want to like completely break your keto diet the one bars are the way to go they have one called um almond bliss which is their version of an almond joy and it's so good Corey. it it, it was my savior this evening um instead of eating these delicious gluten-free chocolate chip cookies that my daughter made and looked perfect like they she cooked them spot on i'm like looking at them just like yep those are gorgeous, and I can eat the smell. <laughs> I can eat the smell all day long. I have, I have um, no self-control. If there are cookies, that's why I don't. I can't keep sweets in my house. Like I can't keep snacks in my house. Well, um, a good friend of of the show and uh, of mine now, Matt, from what I watch tonight, um, he's been you know asking me about the diet and stuff, and uh, he he mentioned today. He's like, man, I wish I had your motivation. And I was like. I'm like, I wish I always had my motivation because then I wouldn't need to diet. But, you know, um, currently I am I'm very motivated to uh, to doing this. I, my uh, editor, uh, David Ortega, who if you look at our Tribeca trip from 2017 and then look at our pictures from 2018, you will see he has lost quite a bit of weight uh, using the keto method. Um, and he has been a big motivator for me as well. Um, so thank you guys. Uh, I, I am losing weight. Uh, still not where I want to be, but that's I'm doing very well for the time that I've been doing this. Um, and honestly, though, this year, uh, 2019, I committed to it at the beginning of the year. And while it, I've changed what I was doing, I've been going to the gym consistently. Um, and I, I really I do. I Once I get in the habit of something, um, I am usually like I really enjoy it. And that's where I'm at right now with the gym. Like I like going to the gym. Um, I feel good afterwards, which is once you can get to that place, it's much easier to go. You know, it's that first month or so when it's just like, oh, this is so much work. Um, but once you get it into like that mode where it's like, oh, no, this is actually enjoyable if you're doing, you know, if you know why you're doing it, if you're if you have like a routine, I still get uncomfortable because I am socially awkward. And there are some uh, the gym I go to is usually not very busy. It's like maybe five people because it's open 24 hours. So people go. They have their time, and that's when they go. And I'm kind of invading right now because I'm on summer break, so I'm going early in the morning instead of late at night. And uh, I can see like some people are not thrilled that I'm there. Um, and I'm also like, I'm not thrilled that you're here. Because <laughs> um, everyone's nice. It's just like at the same time, it's like there's not a lot of space. So like if you were planning on using this machine, now you got to wait, and it just throws off the whole thing. Um, but I, I've, like, I have like 
gym friends, I'm using quote fingers, but you can't see, uh, that I don't actually talk to, but I am aware <laughs> that they're there every time I'm there. And so, like, I saw one of them at Publix tonight, and I got, like, way too excited because I'm like, he probably doesn't even know that I'm that guy. But, like, I see I see a gym friend. Um, he's been there three times this week when I was I there. love that they're your friends. Yeah. And you've never talked to them. Not once. Uh, in fact, I wear headphones the entire time I am in the gym. And if I've had two people try to talk to me, uh, not to like have a conversation, but like one guy lost his phone in the gym. Um, and there's again, no one there to steal it. He just like, it fell behind something and he had like, can you call my phone for me? I'm like, yeah, man, uh, sure. It's like, I had to like call a weird number. And then I got really freaked out that he just stole my number. Um, guys, I'm a spaz. (laughs) If you don't know that about me, you're friends with people you've never talked to. Well, I'm like, you know, it's weird that he wanted me to call things and whatever, whatever, you know, so I called, he never called me back. I have his number. Um, and then, um, <laughs> not creepy at all. Not at all. Uh, he gave it to me. Um, and then there was someone else. Like, I was like, I think I was on a machine. They're like, can I finish this real fast? And I was like, oh yeah, sure. But like, I have headphones in that I, I can't hear anything when they're both in. And, um, I mean, I can just barely hear that someone's speaking, but, like, I don't know what you said. So, like, I have to, like, pause the the podcast. I'm usually listening to a podcast and take out the, the thing. I do. I, I used to work out to music. Mm-hmm. I, I have found I prefer working out to podcasts. The only downside is I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts. And so then I'm that creepy guy who's not talking but laughing awkwardly while he's working out. I have to look insane to everyone at the gym. (laughs) I feel like that's what everybody does now, though. Like, everybody listens to podcasts. Corey, I watched this guy talk on the phone, like, holding the phone to his ear while lifting weights yesterday. And I was just like, my mind was blown. Show off. For real. Because I'm like, dude, if I had... gym rat. I'd have to walk out. Um, yeah, I like, I do. And I'd have to put down the the weight. Yes. And first, why are you calling me? Yeah, for real. This is 2019. We don't call. We text. Yeah. Um, there's, I call my wife and if my daughter won't respond fast enough to a text, those are like the two people I call outside of like doctor's appointments and dentist appointments. If I could text my doctor. Uh, but hold on a second. My dentist texts now. We get texts of reminders and you can reply to the text but I don't think you can set up an appointment from that. I don't know that. I could be wrong. If so, I need to try that because I had a call the other day. Um, but, and apparently yeah. my eye doctor will, will text me or something uh, the day before my appointment because I got to get new glasses. But um, I'm glad. It sounds like we've had interesting weeks. Uh, <laughs> I've watched quite a bit of stuff. Uh, do you want me to go first again or do you want to go first this week? You go. So um, I'm going to go through quite pretty rapid fire i'll talk about a couple in a little more detail um i saw ma the octavia spencer horror film that looks um, so bad it was it was bad uh it had some good stuff she's really good in it um there's some surprise cameos allison janey's in it in like a really small role what? that you wouldn't expect i thought juliette lewis was pretty great i think the kids I performances are good um i think just the the, the movie loses kind of its side of itself um i mentioned i think i mentioned this to you i had not seen but i'm a cheerleader from 1999 um, I love that. And I, I I made an effort to watch it. It's free on Vudu right now. Um, I have not watched any of the free stuff on Vudu. I I was under the impression that they showed commercials at the beginning and then you could watch the movie. That is not true. They do show like, commercials at the beginning, but they cut them randomly 
into the movie and it's sometimes one sometimes it's up to three i think was the most Uh, Um, yeah i almost stopped it and bought it because i was like okay i don't know if i can sit through these dang commercials um but (laughs) natasha leone rupaul's in it clea duvall michelle williams is a very small part but melanie linsky who i am a big fan of uh she's got a really solid role in it uh it good movie i don't think it's a great movie but definitely enjoyable um my wife daughter and i went and saw rocket man uh we loved it i think my daughter loved it the most um i I will say it is a far superior film to Bohemian Rhapsody, but Bohemian Rhapsody and the, the uh, Queen music is more up my alley. I am definitely a bigger fan oh, of Queen. Oh, mm, I like Queen, and Fat Bottom Girls is one of the best songs ever written, and yeah, I love it so much. But I I grew I grew up on Queen, too, but I love, love Elton John. Well, if I, I could time travel back to the 70s, bye, y'all. I like, think you're... I'm so interested to see how you're going to feel about it. You have not seen it, right? No, I really want to. And no one is like, I'm about to drop the F-bomb. Like, I want to go. And nobody seems excited to go with me. It's not not doing well at all, unfortunately. I'm making Bill go. Like, I freaking love Elton John. Like, I don't know. You know it is a musical, right? Like, it is a real musical. It is not a traditional biopic. So that's why I'm curious to see how you're going to fall. Because you love Elton John. Um but you hate musicals so it's does the music be... make sense in the movie because or is it just like he's walking down the street and then it's a little bit of both um okay it, it, remember they are selling this as a uh, true fantasy so it Word. does uh Word. like they're not concerned with like uh history either so like songs that maybe uh were written later in his career oh. might show up early in the, oh. in the timeline um, I don't I don't know the career well enough and it's nothing it's not like none of the the late later stuff is nothing from like the 90s um it's all like the early candle 70s, the wind 70s. by your song yeah or the uh the lion king circle of life are not in the movie but which i'm sure disney would have shut that down anyways but um oh dude but i want to like hop in here for a second sure. because i i feel like you've probably seen the statements they've been releasing where germany like cut that film up they like took out because of the yeah. homosexuality yeah yeah which it, it's it's not graphic. The R rating is more for. Um, I feel like it's I, gonna be language. It, I and think it's use. more for language, and yeah, but even that's kind of tame. I mean, you see him do stuff, but I've seen way more drug use in movies, which I guess we're also R, but still, like, it's not excessive on screen. Like, you're aware that he's doing. Like, that's the thing where the criticisms about Bohemian Rhapsody were heavily that they glossed over all of the darker sides of Freddie Mercury. Uh, this movie embraces the dark side. In fact, it is thematically um i would say one it deals a lot with celebrity and how that can affect a person um you know trying to be both the uh, being who he is and then being elton john this public figure um and how that can you know break a person down and then uh it's it's really it's a really well-made film it's it's substantially better um in a lot of ways but even the the musical aspect it's a really well-made musical there's some really cool set pieces I thought it was some awesome cinematography. I was, I, <sighs> I was kind of not up for seeing it when we saw it. Like I was kind of in a bad mood, and it, it brought me out of it. I think if I saw it again, I would love it. Um, I liked it a whole lot. I think a second viewing would be beneficial for it and myself. Can I talk to you about one more movie that I'm really excited about? Sure. I'm just taking over your whole thing here. It's okay. Um, so I also really love Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> So, oh my god, I want to see this movie so bad. Oh my god! So I don't even remember, I don't think I had even seen a trailer for it until last night. 
and I'm just like so in. It's and um, what's it called? Uh, Blinded by the light. Yes. Oh man. Oh my god. Okay, so and... it's the same director who did um, Bend It Like Beckham, which if you've oh, n- still I've not seen, seen, you that. need to watch that movie. It's amazing. Um, I just I recently just watched thought it. it was a soccer movie in the morning. it is but it's not it's definitely it's more about the culture um and that's what this blinded by the light seems to be that kind of resurgence but i i'm not a big bruce springsteen fan like i'm not against bruce springsteen but i've never really listened to his music um oh, man it, my aunt jenny i think was no wait maybe she like rick springfield and see the proof in point that i confuse those two people which have almost nothing in common except for their 80s musicians um i i'm familiar with him i know you know i know some of his songs um, but man, just the way they're they're selling the movie though in the trailer, I and, almost cry every time I see the trailer. I'm just like, and, it's so for me. Yes, and they're like you. Uh, I think it was on the. I saw a poster out in the movie theater hallway, and it's like, you won't see another film this year that will make you feel this good. And I really do think that this is going to be like our hearts beat loud this year. I agree. I completely I can I cannot wait. I thought yesterday might be that. Now I'm thinking yesterday may not live up to my hope, but mm-hmm. that movie I think is going to completely be what I want. But I love we have this movie with the Beatles being central to like the character and the story, although again it seems to not be getting good praise and based on the, the I just, releases. I I and I just laughed so hard in the theater and I couldn't believe that they played it before the movie that I went to see last night because it just wasn't the right crowd. I was dying laughing when like the security guards like, so what are you doing in the United? What are you doing here? And he's like, well, I, yes, you know, I'm I in America. I can't think of a better reason. To- <laughs> so I wanted to see Bruce Springsteen's hometown. I can't think of a better reason to come to the United States, son, or something. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's such I a great de- line delivery. I Yeah. Yeah, that trailer is really put together well, too. Like, it is a really well-cut trailer. It hits all the beats. It lets you know what's going on. Um, there's You hear, like, a deeper meaning point, uh, uh, like, later in the trailer where it kind of breaks the theme down a little bit. I, I am, I'm so pumped for that movie. I hope it comes uh, close enough that I can see it. Um, and, Corey, I got to tell you, uh, not on my list, and it really should be, I had an opportunity to see The Dead Don't Die on Wednesday night. <gasps> And I didn't oh, get this to go. past Wednesday? Yeah, this past Wednesday. It was playing Shit. locally. I didn't get to go. And then I got a message from, from David today that he just got two tickets to a screening on Monday. And I don't think I'm going to be able to go because Kathy's going to be out of town. And the screening's like an hour and a half away and I don't want to leave Taylor here. And I can't bring her because he only has two tickets. So I'm just like, man, we I, have... I'm going to have to wait till this movie's out to see it. But We have tickets for Tuesday. Oh. Oh, you need to look because my Regal is doing an early release on Tuesday and that's where we got our tickets. I don't even think it's going to come to my Regal though. I think it's going to come to uh, the Cobb at the the closest. But uh, to get through this a little faster, I watched Thief, Michael Mann's movie, which I mentioned, um, which you won't hear till after this listeners, but I mentioned on top five movie that I just watched Thief. Um, James Caan, amazing in that movie. Here's a movie I'm going to spend a little bit of time with because this is a movie most people aren't going to even know exists. Uh, Big Tuna, friend of the show. Um, posted that he just watched uh, a new movie uh, that features Seth Green's directorial debut. Oh, yeah. Um, called Changeland. And he wrote, stars, and uh, directs this film. Uh, it co stars Brecken Meyer, who you might remember from Road Trip. Um, it has some interesting cameo. Clueless? Uh, Clueless, yes. Sorry. Sorry. I always forget that he has long hair there. Um, but Macaulay Culkin shows up in this movie <laughs> yes. um, in a pretty extended scene. 
uh, Brenda Song, who if you were a kid growing up watching Disney in the last 15 years, you would know her from Sweet Life with Zack and Cody. Um, I think that was what she was from. And then uh, Randy Orton, WWE superstar Randy Orton, shows up in this movie in a really great role that I just, I loved. Um, this is one of those kind of middle age. it's a, I would say it falls into like a new level of mumblecore. It's like the next evolution of mumblecore, where mumblecore is traditionally like 20-somethings trying to deal with like romance, and it's just a lot of people talking all the time. That's what this movie is, except they're 30-something, and it's midlife crisis, like, you know, life has changed. I had such a good time watching this movie. Um, I thought it was well-directed. It very much feels to pull from mumblecore in a lot of ways, which I do have kind of... I like a lot of the mumblecore movies. I don't love all of them. Um, I'd say the production value here is a little higher because they're in Thailand. And so you get the beautiful vistas of Thailand. You get some really cool cultural elements of Thailand. Some play into the plot. Some don't, but they're still really compelling. Um, I think the chemistry between Green and, and Meyer is really strong. Uh, this is easily one of Meyer's best performances. Like I, I like him in Road Trip. But he, you know, and he's he's lovable and clueless. But he's a, he's very in the background, right? He's a small character uh, to the big picture. But here, I I think he's really crushing as the best friend um, and support system for Seth Green. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I it's out in theaters, but it's super limited. Uh, keep an eye out for Changeland if you're a fan of Seth Green. One, this is not his zany, crazy like robot chicken style humor. This is very mature, kind of introspective movie that has humor in it but it's definitely a drama first and a comedy second um because it it is like you can see this is a very personal film and i think it's great i think he's it's a really solid entry um especially for a first time directing uh he's directed tv and he's directed uh, robot chicken is basically his thing but um i've i've been a seth green fan forever and i tend to if he's in something i'll watch it because i like him I love him in this movie. He's playing it very, very straight. He has a few silly moments. Brecken is definitely more of a comedic relief. Um, but his the, the scenes with Randy Orton are hilarious, especially if you're a WWE fan. Um, I was happy to see that Orton could act a little bit. But uh, I'll power through these next couple. I rewatched Deadpool 2 uh, with Kathy, though, for her first time. I freaking love Deadpool. Um, I, I do. I'm a Ryan Ren- Reynolds fan, and it's just how it is. Uh, Dark Phoenix, I, I wanted to walk out, but I didn't. Uh, it is horrible. So far, I think it is the worst movie I've seen this year. Oh. Um, it is definitely one of the worst comic book movies, and I've seen all three Fantastic Four films, and both Ghost Riders. And I think Dark Phoenix might have the win. Um, I watched, as I mentioned, Charlie Bartlett today, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And after that, I, uh, I threw White Man Can't Jump on, a movie I've seen so many times because I love uh, I love the chemistry with Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes in that movie. I grew up a big basketball fan, and this I saw White Man Can't Jump in the theater. I think by myself. Um, oh wow! And, and this is our movie, but uh, I've I've seen it. I don't even know how many times, and it's been a few years though since I last watched it. Um, I still love it. It's such a fun, great kind of movie. There's uh, stuff. There's details to it. Um, it's I think one of the best Rosie Perez performances. Um, but, I just love that that's her dream that she wants to, to be, be on jeopardy. On jeopardy so i work with a, a person who got to do jeopardy a couple of years ago like while i was working with them they were on a teacher edition of jeopardy and um while she was trying to get on the show all i kept doing was quoting white man can't jump to her <laughs> and no one apparently no one i know knows movies like i know movies like at an obsessive level like personally in my my day-to-day life 
people say things and I will connect it to a film and most of the time I just get blank stares back because they have not either seen and or heard of the movie that I am referencing. Um, and so, yeah, uh, when she got to do Jeopardy, all I, I kept sending her foods that begin with the letter Q. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I still love that movie and it was really cool to rewatch it today. I was doing other, I was working on the website and like posting stuff and getting this uh, podcast. Like I have to write all the little blurbs for each of the movies. Um, so I was getting all that set up and I did the graphics and stuff for that. Um, while I was watching it, but I still like was, I got lost in it many times where I would like stop doing what I was doing on the computer and just watch the movie. Cause I am such a fan, but, um, that's what I've been watching. Corey, what about you? So my list is not as extensive as yours, but, um, I have asked you to get so many movies lately and I already told you I'm like cut off yeah. now. Um, <laughs> um, I watched the little mermaid on Saturday. Hmm. On Sunday, I did not go to the theater because I feel like everyone needs to know this about me. I will be on the verge of peeing in my pants before I will get up during a movie. Like, mm. I just I just can't do it. Like, at home I can pause it and stuff, but I just really can't. So, on Sunday, I watched Saving Private Ryan, which I hadn't seen since it came out when I was in, like, 7th or 8th grade for home viewing. Um... That's the Giovanni Ribisi I know and love. Ah. And everyone in that movie is so great. Um, also, I, like, cried for a while, so um, that was good that I was at home. I am now about to start season four of Six Feet Under. I'll probably cry for three episodes again when it ends. Um, actually, I think it's two. And then I went to see Aladdin last night. <clears throat> oh, and that's the movie that they played the trailer for Blinded yep. by the Light before. I yeah. don't... Is it because of the music? I don't really know, because every movie has music. Well, most movies. Um, there was a little kid in my movie that talked, like, a lot during the movie, but I just thought it was really adorable, actually, because they were so excited to be it's, there. In a kid's movie, it's hard to get mad, especially yeah, if they're being it's... adorable. Exactly, and they were just like talking about the movie, and I'm not gonna get mad at that. Like, yeah, if I, they're excited about the film, it actually it like it sparks my passion for film because I'm like, you're gonna be like me one day, kid. You're gonna be obsessive over all these details, and I love it. Embrace it. Um, they're just having so much fun. Um, yeah. I've I've read some so, really cool stuff about Pikachu, like of like people like adults going to see it and like the kids behind them being so excited that they couldn't get mad like they're just like they were naming all the pokemon and i I, that's those stories are are really great and sweet but uh sorry i didn't mean to catch off what did you think of aladdin um Uh i think (laughs) um i mean obviously my favorite characters in disney movies are always like you know it was raja the carpet and a boo yeah 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 um i also we know what joaquin phoenix is gonna look like when he's older (laughs) <laughs> the baba <laughs> um oh jeez. did anyone else see that like that totally looks like an older joaquin to me i did not put Just... that together but now i'm intrigued uh, out of beard yes um i liked some aspects of the movie i thought that most of the music was pretty good mm-hmm. i liked like the non-singing songs that were okay. going on um well like the the like actual is that the the score i guess okay i got it um 
And, I mean, most of the songs were pretty good, except I think that it's hard to... When I'm watching a Disney cartoon or a cartoon at all and they break into song, it's fine. But I'm watching a live action and it's just dumb. See, that's, again, you not liking musicals. I'm just like, what the hell are you doing right now, Princess Jasmine? Okay, um, that part, if you're talking the second time she sings the new song, Speechless, uh, that that part oh, is, is horribly Jesus, conceived. Was, I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the, the parts where she's singing like that, I'm just like, just get out of here. Um, but I don't know. I mean... And I didn't think that any of the actors were great, but I'm, you know. I, I like Jasmine a lot. Um, I, lo- I love Will Smith uh, because I like Will Smith. I'm already a fan of Will Smith, and he was that he was the Will Smith that I like, so it worked. It just kind of brought me in. Um, what was the worst part of the movie to you? Um, I don't really... The answer is really... Jafar, because he... Sucked. Actually, I felt like he was at the same level as jasmine and aladdin oh that is so not that no that hurts me Corey. um no i'm Jafar sorry sucks. guys uh oh wow um, um yeah. okay well let's move on is there anything else or is aladdin the last thing <laughs> yeah that's it man <laughs> besides um, what we were about to talk about okay so before we get into all of the details one remember our theme this month is a river runs through us these are uh now streaming uh, you can watch Charlie Bartlett for free if you have a subscription to Amazon Prime's uh, streaming service, um, which is included with their regular Amazon Prime. And you can watch that on almost any platform. That's one of the things, the benefit of having Prime is it is on almost every device, uh, from the video game systems to the uh, streaming television services. It's it's very easy to watch if you have a Prime membership. Uh, the film came out in 2007. Um, it is the premise uh, is a rich kid becomes the self-appointed psychiatrist to the student body of his new high school stars uh, the now rest in peace Anton Yelchin uh, uh, if you've listened to this podcast for a while you know Corey and I are both huge Anton Yelchin fans and we are both devastated that he is gone um, especially because it's a freak accident it's not like he did something that we could be upset at him for it's one of the craziest deaths that I know of from like a big celebrity where he died being pinned up against his mailbox by a faulty truck um, or Jeep, I believe to be more accurate uh, with El- Anton in the film that we have Robert Downey Jr. Hope Davis, Kat Dennings, Tyler Hilton, Mark Rendell, Dylan Taylor, Megan Park, um, Jake Epstein, Jonathan Malin. Uh, there's a few other people, but the, the big name that's going to get buried here is Drake who shows up for like two scenes <laughs> And I was like so excited. I was like Drake. Um, oh my god! Just because you know he's he's not a bad actor to be to be honest. Uh, he has a small part here, but he does a good job. Um, now before we get into, uh, it's directed by John Pohl, who has not directed much else, but he is an editor. He's done some big stuff. He edited Greatest Showman, um, but uh, this is one of his only directorial things. It's written by Gustin Nash. And he wrote Youth in Revolt, which is a Michael Sarah film that I like. I don't love. Oh, yeah. Um, I and that's that kind time. of it. Yeah, he hasn't done much else. Um, but uh, Charlie Bartlett, um, before we get into the movie itself, I have a question, Corey. Do you oh, see God. the Marvel Cinematic Universe connection in the cast of this movie? It's like the Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon game, but now it's with Marvel. Can you find the Marvel connection? It's it's not Seven Degrees. It's like one degree, but um, is it Cat Dennings and 
I'm not the girl to ask about the Marvel I mean, Cynic. I mean, Corey, the obvious whatever. one. The obvious one is the one you were assuming. Well, I know. Is, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. Right. But Kat, I thought that there would be another person. There is. Kat Dennings is the answer. You had it. Okay, you, perfect. You, you doubted yourself. But do you know what movie she's in from Marvel? No. She is in Thor and Thor uh, The Dark World. She is uh, Natalie Portman's uh, assistant in those two movies. Oh, I don't think I've seen those. Um, you don't have to, uh, to be fair. Uh, of the Thor right. films, they're the lesser. And uh, Kenneth Branagh directs the first one. I think it's a little much. The second one, I found more enjoyable, but it also it's not good. Um, all right, so you picked Charlie Bartlett. Out of all the movies that you have not seen on Amazon Prime, can you tell me why? Yeah, um, so I've talked about this before. Well, yeah, I'm a big fan. I hadn't seen this one, and I actually own this movie, too. I was going to oh, put it cheater. on our mitt and box okay. um, month, but when he, a little after he passed away, our Hastings that was across the street from our apartment at the time was going out of business, and I just bought so many movies, but I also got another movie with him in it, and I just can't bring myself to watch it because it has that girl I don't like in it. Um, so. Kristen Stewart? No. The one I don't like even more with the googly eyes. Oh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. No! No, no, oh I'm sorry. God. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I know Elizabeth Olsen's who I meant to say. And Gyllenhaal no, dang it, John. Not, I can't, I'm really not helping you here, but she. I can't remember her name. I just don't like her. It's not Elizabeth Olsen? That's, oh, Zoe Deschanel. Yep. Okay, which one yeah. is this? I think it's the Driftless area or something like that. Huh, I don't think I know that one. Yeah, I still yeah. have a few uh, gaps on his filmography. I've seen most of his big ones, and I love many of them. Um, I, I I think he's great, and I think uh, the enjoyment of this film does kind of fall down to how much can how much do you love him, and how much do you love Robert Downey Jr. Because they are playing kind of their types, I would say. Um, and if you can't get on board with that, then this movie may not work. Because I, I read some reviews. Uh, it has a 52 on Metacritic. 54. 54. Oh. And I, I went through and read, like, the, the negative. I didn't read the whole reviews. I just read what you can see on IMDb. And, like, so there's a William Arnold from Seattle Post Intelligencer, which, I'm sorry, but Intelligencer makes me question the intelligence of, you know, the whole paper. Like, what? that's a horrible name. Um but his his quote is the dismal high school comedy Charlie Bartlett has the look, feel, and sentiment of a made-for-video cheapy that might have been grudgingly whipped together by Robert Downey Jr. as some sort of court-ordered community service project for his many drug busts. Now, keep in mind this movie comes out one year before Iron Man, when Robert Downey Jr. would be oh, completely redeemed um, from his past indiscretions. And keep in mind though he'd already been in Zodiac um, when this movie came out. So this critic seems to be not fully aware of Robert Downey Jr.'s whole story. Um, I am very much a Robert Downey Jr. fan, um, mainly because of Iron Man, but I also love him in Zodiac. I also... Uh, I, I like Guy Ritchie, Sherlock Holmes, the first one, but mainly because of Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law, because Jude Law's freaking great. Um, Washington Post, Destin Thompson says, the movie feels forced, cliched, and derivative. I don't agree with that at all. Um, I, I do see, yes, it's a high school movie, so there's going to be high school tropes, as in most genre films. But um, then we go up to like the top, and like there's an 80 uh, metascore from Kirk Honeycutt from The Hollywood Reporter. Yelchin delivers one of those performances that pop eyes. It's a breakthrough role. I completely agree with that. 
Um, Ronnie Schleb, Sheb, there's no L, uh, from Variety. Rollicking story of a rich kid whose wildly successful bid for popularity has him playing drug distributing shrink to an entire high school, boasts pitch perfect face offs between upstart Yelchin and alcoholic principal Robert Downey Jr. that could uh, fuel a chemistry lab. And um, the last one I'm going to point out is James Baradinelli from Real Views. I would classify Charlie Bartlett as a smart teen film. It's more ambitious and overall more successful than its 80s forebearers, even though it res the resemblance is mis unmistakable. That This feels a lot, in a lot of ways, like a Hughes film from the 80s. Um, that's what some of the critics said. Corey, what did you think of Charlie Bartlett? Um, I, I think it was more serious than I was expecting. It, there were a lot more layers than I thought there were going to be, I guess. Um, and I didn't... Uh, I enjoyed it. I think people are just mad. <laughs> I, I think I love this movie. Um, I one, I I had seen parts of this, and I think Kathy had put it on once, and I, I came in at like the halfway point. Um, and I, I don't think I realized it was Anton Yelchin when I was watching it, so it must have been several years ago. But I, I realized today um, that I had not seen it from beginning to end, and I took a lot of notes. Um, one of the things that really grabbed me uh, was I feel like in a, in a way this movie is an indictment to the mental health uh, situation in America. Um, oh, the yes. ease in which he's able to get uh, prescription pills and see all and these how different quickly. and how quickly and all it takes is him basically glancing at a, a psychological journal to get terms and to get symptoms and then to pretend that he has those symptoms and by pretend all he does is say I feel a little anxious and my heart's beating really fast and they're just like so quick to give him medication. And the 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 the, clair, the clarity of this indictment is with the first prescription that he gets for himself with Ritalin because the guy's like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna give that... you Ritalin, and he's like, wait, so you're giving me the drug to see if it fixes something that I, you won't know I have until it either fixes it or doesn't? And the guy's like, yeah, that's how it works. And so we see the the montage of him on Ritalin where it's basically him doing coke because he's not ADT <laughs> like. <laughs> and um it's a funny montage that's there's humor ingrained in everything but there is a lot of drama there's a lot of serious stuff going on in this film um which i think is is one of the things that i like about it is that i laughed out loud multiple times like like really laughed where i'm sure my daughter was like oh my dad's such a nerd because she can hear me in the other room laughing at a movie and and yet there are moments where i i never like it never gets to the point of tears but um there's little things about charlie bartley like i don't know how you can't like him um because one anton is just so charismatic anyways and then two we get what i'm calling like a save the cat moment really early on in the film where he uh, gets on the, the public school bus for the first time and he he's overdressed he's wearing his private school uniform and so like every other kid's wearing normal t-shirts and stuff and everyone's giving him the, the awkward eye. And he sits next to Tad. Tad is very clearly... He kind of reminds me, in a not in a good way, of the character from Something About Mary. Um, her Mary's brother. Um, but... Uh, and Tad... Tad is not like everybody else. Uh, it appears that he's a mentally handicapped character. Um, and he's much larger. Like, taller. He is. Like... Big, big, tall guy. Um... You know, very childlike in a lot of ways. Does not act like a high school kid. Um, he's eating a lollipop uh, way too, you know, feverishly. 
and Anton sits right next to him and introduces himself like he would to anybody else. And that's the thing um, throughout the film that Charlie Bartlett genuinely just is a kind person who was willing to li- like he wants everyone to like him. But I also think he likes everybody and he's yeah. looking for the good in everybody. Um, and I don't know that that's never verbally stated. And one of the negative reviews I did not read, but it says that these they're all the characters are caricatures. And I, I say BS to that because I feel like I totally get who Charlie Bartlett is. Is he a person that I think exists in real life? Probably not. I mean, maybe a politician, but politicians have ulterior motives. And I don't think Charlie ever has a motive outside of just needing people to accept him. Um, and and to be there for him, and part of that stems from his father issues. Oh my God, he's the original Jer Bear. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys, big fan of Book Book Smart over here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know what? You're you're completely right. Actually, um, he totally meets that. There's that character. so much more than people think mm-hmm. but they just want yeah they just and want he's and i think a lot of people think jerry bear in, in book smart has like an ulterior motive but he doesn't he's just a genuinely God. kind guy who I is need, rich you know i need everyone to know that i really love you know the girls in that movie but he's my favorite character like he's such the dynamic that the characters in that movie getting so much depth because everyone starts out like a trope in Booksmart and all of them get so much depth. And that's not the case here in Charlie Bartlett. I do feel Kat Denning's character does not get much of her own ambition. She's not like a Manic Pixie Dream Girl situation where she's just there to solve Charlie's problems. Um, she does have enough of like a presence that she has her own world and she has her own concerns and she doesn't put Charlie's like happiness in front of her own but at the same time i don't really know what her true goals are um she is she's, she misses her dad she does and and again she's a better character than i think other movies would have treated her uh, especially because in in 2007 she should have been a manic pixie dream girl that was a trend that was happening it would have been very easy because here comes charlie she could have just been this like let me introduce you to the world and that's not what she is at all um and I think Dennings does a really good job. She can't sing, though. Um, I feel like I, most people in musicals can't, but that's a personal opinion. It's not a musical. And that's, it, I know, but even yeah. that singing. But, um, but nonetheless, uh, I don't want. We don't want to get into spoilers yet. But I, I really think I love this film. I have a lot of notes. I enjoyed it in almost every regard. I love him. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., while he still has some sarcastic moments, for the most part, he's playing this role straight. Um, and I, I, I like it. Um, there's, there's, it's still him. Like it's still Robert Downey Jr. Like it's very much Robert Downey Jr. What if he was a principal of a high school? Um, and I feel like this is, you know, you see shades of this in, uh, the MCU with, especially his connection with Peter. I feel like there's a similar kind of forced connection with Charlie, um, through that develops through the course of the film. But this movie does some really cool stuff with, uh, breaking down tropes again not as not as well as book smart but like you meet the bully early on you know he's selling drugs and then he beats the crap out of him and then how that changes and how charlie kind of adjusts it and adapts it um there's definitely i see like ferris bueller in this film uh especially in charlie himself um i think charlie's a maybe more caring person than ferris bueller but i that the charm and the manipulation 
is there, but I think it's used for different reasons. But I see like shades of a similar uh, character in that way. But um, I, I really liked it. I'm glad you had me watch it because I, I think I would have not probably gone to this film because I felt like I'd seen it and I'd seen I'd seen it from the second half to the end for sure. But I don't think I had the full picture until this sitting, and I'm really glad that I sat and watched it. And it, um, we had said in a couple of our past episodes where the movies didn't quite grab us, this movie grabbed me. It had me for the entire hour and a half uh, that it was on. I was in this movie enjoying almost every second of it. And a, part of that, a big part of that is Anton Yelchin. I love him. I am still so devastated that he's gone. Um and it is a selfish devastation because it just—I know I won't get to see him in any more movies, and I think he was just starting to really find his groove. Yeah, and still, guys, nobody had anything bad to say about him. Um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie too, and I have seen a lot of his other movies, but this one—and I haven't seen like all of his early ones—but this one, he's definitely like more youthful. Like, I haven't seen him quite in a role like this, I guess. Yeah, it's just, it feels like one of his youngest movies that I've seen him in. And I, when I, like, first started, like, when I read the, you know, synopsis, um, I was thinking that he was maybe, like, ninth grade, but he's not. He's, you know, I thought he was going to be younger than he is in this movie. But I think he's probably, like, 11th grade. Yeah, you know, they don't do a good job of indicating where in high school he is, just that he's in high school. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I guess it doesn't matter. But yeah, he's still got some time left in high school. Like, it doesn't end with him graduating or something like that, so. No, they, it just, uh, there were just situations in the movie that I wasn't quite expecting. Um, I wasn't, I don't know. But that's that's all that I have to say before spoilers. I liked it. Yeah, I'm ready to get, jump into spoilers as well. Okay, guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about 2007's Charlie Bartlett in great detail. You've been warned. So, I, um, I, I already mentioned the, the, it's the indictment on mental health, and, um, I, I think the movie does lose that at some point, but I think the first part of it is definitely, like, them kind of pointing out how flawed the system is, and I think Kip's character, who is, a uh, I mentioned the actor's name, but I don't have it in front of me now, um, who tries to kill himself, but he's the first one to kind of come to Charlie uh, looking for help. Um, he knew that he could get prescriptions because they sold all the Ritalin pills, which that scene of the dance is hilarious. Um, <laughs> that was so funny. Not uh, Don't do that, guys, but no, still. But, um, you know, Kip's character has kind of... He's the the weakness in, in Charlie's plan because... Most everyone else, I'm sure they're abusing the drugs, but no one seems to suffer from that. But Kip is genuinely in need of help. Um, he basically just needs a friend, but that's not what Charlie sees at the, at the first moment. Not that Charlie wouldn't have been his friend had he realized it, but he went very clinical and he looked up, you know, he found out he was having panic attacks, got him Zoloft and Xanax, way too easy. And the kid ends up trying to OD. Well, he does OD, but he doesn't die, thank goodness. Um, I love the line though, and I'm we jump around in this podcast. We don't go beat by beat. Linear. Um, yeah, uh, but after the um, after Kip's uh, overdose, um, Principal Robert Downey Jr. comes to tell him tell uh, Anton Yelchin like we know 
that you got in the meds, but he won't say that, so we have no way to prove it, so you're not going to have any criminal charges. But, um, you know, it's a big deal. And there's this kind of harsh where Anton uses the knowledge that, that he's an alcoholic kind of against him in a very jabbing sort of way. But I think Robert Downey Jr. is able to... I, I definitely think there's some... I think Robert Downey Jr. is working out his own alcoholism in this character, uh, which you see in Zodiac as well, because in Zodiac, his character is a journalist who's career is plummeting because of alcoholism so it's it's definitely like a redemption thing for him i think playing these these roles and even with tony stark you know the being the you know when we meet tony stark he's just this party guy and then he's almost killed and that makes him re-question his whole existence um it's made robert downey jr the amazing actor that i think he is now not that he wasn't good before but i think like you see this resurgence um and i just he's like my favorite like comeback story i guess like because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so happy that he's doing well you know like for sure i um, don't but uh he says something to charlie um because charlie he's like what do you want he's like basically that i'm i like being popular and he says there are more important things in high school than popularity which his mom had said to him early in the movie which i love the mom character too by the way hope davis is great um but uh when he says like but everyone says that everyone says there's more things that are important but like what and then his response is there's more things in popularity like what you do with it and i just think that is such a simple line but it's so important in a high school movie like this it's like it is okay to be popular but when you are popular how you use that power that you're given is more important than the popularity itself and um i think that's a true life lesson too it's like becoming president for example you had the popular technically the electoral vote but the popular vote people chose you now what do you do with that power that they trust you that they believe in you and i i think um charlie takes that seriously that's one of the things i really do like about this movie even their the the feud between them it never feels even when he's shooting a gun drunk at the end of the movie it still doesn't feel heightened in a way that's like silly like there's this because he's a he's a cruel principal to a degree like he catches the bullies giving him a swirly and he doesn't punish them he tells them to go to class like, but then that comes back later and he i can't remember exactly what it is for there was something else that he didn't punish charlie for you're right um there is this like the way he's running things and and it's he doesn't like the job he he misses being in the classroom which, as a teacher, I totally relate to. Um, I, I realized much early on that the thing I love about teaching is working with my students, and being out of the classroom would take that away. And so, um, not that I've been like offered principal jobs or, or like admin dean jobs, but I don't want them because the thing I love about my job is the interaction with my students in the classroom. So, like, I, I love that little element of it. Uh, th- this movie is is just so up my alley and i really love murphy um murphy is a character who i think in other movies would be just this over-the-top bully um, played by tyler hilton who would be you know a stereotype a trope and just do like ridiculous things and he kind of starts out that way and then when charlie like gets him in the limo and does the whole godfather kind of ultimatum thing like well we work together we can be business partners and then the friendship we see kind of bud over the course of the film. Um, 
Which, my uh, favorite scene, when they're flushing all the drugs down the toilet. And, like, Murphy's, like, against it, but, like, he convinces him. And then he... <laughs> Charlie realizes he still has something in his jacket, and they start like, "No, no!" <laughs> I oh man, I really, I really like this movie. Um, and I like when I can't remember the whole conversation, but Charlie says something to him, to Murphy, and Murphy's like, "Well, I guess it, I started being this way," or I think it was when he stopped being in drama, and he's like, "Well, why did you stop, you know, doing what you like?" And he's like, mm-hmm. "I guess because of guys like me." Like, yeah, yeah, he acknowledges bullies. multiple times because he acknowledges because Charlie says maybe it's your family, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, and Murphy doesn't dissuade any of it. It's almost like it's all of those things, like all of those things have happened to me. But in another moment where I think this movie kind of shows you that it's like breaking um, the tropes is with Whitney. Uh, Whitney is a cheerleader. <laughs> I love it. She confesses to him that you know she slept with most of the football team, and they're playing this kind of like stereotype type role. And Murphy being this kind of bully guy, you think he just wants, like, sex, but he already established early in the film that, no, no, this is a girl you take seriously to dinner and a movie, which, for me, that is the perfect date, is dinner and a movie. Um, But I love the scene where he picks her up, and he has the flowers, and he's got the polo on, which is totally not his M.O. Pop collar. Pop collar. Um, That is his M.O. Uh, You know, if you're going to, you got to at least be a a little bit of a rebel, but... um, it, you know, it one, it shows, like, all of these characters are flawed. All of them. There's not a single character in this movie that is perfect. The one who tries to put on this perfect presentation is Charlie. And Charlie's flawed, and he knows that from the get-go. And um, he has his issues. His mom has her issues. She loves Charlie, though. She didn't send him to private school to get rid of him, like other movies where that would be the case, right? Like, there's not a single... Uh, if there's a character in this movie that is completely over-the-top tropish, it's the superintendent. Because he, he doesn't arc. He doesn't change. He's just an asshole. But everybody else arcs a little. Like, they all learn. They all grow. They all change a, a little bit. That's why I like to say they're caricatures. Do all of them get massive, extensive backstories? No. But do they all transcend the, the stereotypes that they're put under? I think completely. I think they all do. Look at Kip. Kip is that stereotypical, you know, loner nerd guy who who's, uh, you know... In a, he could think, have shot up the school. And I think in I mean, a modern movie, wanna... that's exactly... Instead of a suicide attempt, he tries to kill everybody. If that was made today, I guarantee you that's what his character would do. I want to... So, like, I also want to talk about... I just think that Charlie's such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, not only does he sit by Lynn, which totally made me think of, you know, Forrest and Ginny from Forrest Gump. Mm. You can sit here. Um, but uh, when they're at lunch, and he... Charlie sits down with all the popular like football players and cheerleaders and they all get up and are disgusted. Like, why are you sitting with us? And then Lynn's walking by and he asks Lynn to sit with him. And it's so obvious that no one ever asks Lynn to sit with them. And he's just so nice. He doesn't ask, like, it doesn't sound like he's asking out of of defeat or loneliness. It's, It's genuinely, I would sit with any of you. Any of you could come sit with me. He didn't, I don't think he targeted the popular kids. I think he saw a group of kids because to be fair, like, I don't feel like there is, um, we hear them talking, so we know who they are. I don't think there's any visual indication of who they are. So he might have heard them talking too, but nonetheless, he sits with them. He doesn't, like, look, you know, you see Kip kind of look at him there, um, and he they make contact. Uh, but, like, when Kip reads the play, like, there's, I just don't see how you can watch this movie and, and 
dislike it. I don't. It doesn't do anything harmful. All of the things in this film are, are positive things that I think high school kids need. You know, like, minus the drug use. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, even the drug use comes from a place of of good at some point. Like, the initial Ritalin, he has Ritalin. He sees a way of, like, making amends with the bully. Um, and he doesn't need the money. But I think part of the uh, – his – because we, we, he's been kicked out of a lot of private schools for breaking the law. He did the we, when we meet him, he's getting kicked out of the private school because of the fake IDs. But I think that's a part of it. Is, I love. Go ahead. I love his mom. She's like, but you have to admit they're really good. Yeah, I know. She's so great. She's like, well, she's she's self, she's not self medicating, but they have. Uh, Charlie says the first time he's with the psychiatrist that he's like, how normal can I be? We have a psychiatrist on call. Like you know, our family. Is basically you ready to come at any time? She's and, being medicated uh, for all sorts of probably depression and things like that because of the the dad situation. And we never learned why the dad's in jail, right? Like prison. I figure it's like, oh, do we? Robert Downey Jr. throws it out um, during the gun sequence that his dad got arrested for tax evasion. Oh, see, I knew it was going to be like a white collar thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the obvious, but I. Uh, I love their relationship as, like, the mom and son. Because he, like, learns how to play piano for her. Yeah. And, I don't know, I think that... At first, I thought she was going to be kind of annoying and, like... Me, too. I thought she was going to be, like... Well, again, I thought she was going to be, like, a nothing trope mom character. Like, she's either on drugs and not abusive but neglectful because of her drug use. Um, or she would be very abusive. You know, like, yes, I love you because you're my son, but really, I can't stand you. You're a piece of shit. And that's neither of those things happen. She's genuinely affectionate. Um, she is a little ditzy, but she's super sweet. Uh, you know the tennis scene. I can't. I don't feel like that, that scene paid off anywhere. But like um, the piano scene really pays off because we see them playing together. But then later he has Cat Dennings over and they're sitting together. And then the mom like jumps in and starts singing too. Cracks me up. I, I, I don't know. I look at this film and I just think it's it's a maybe a, a little gem that we need to push out there to the world that this is a it's a really solid coming of age film um that i think is very relatable and a, a very likable character because again he's a good guy like is he perfect no he's flawed he makes bad choices one of his uh, hubris right he's he thinks he's got what it takes to be a psychiatrist by reading a few books and he's not far off but it's also it's a dangerous weapon to wield when you aren't an expert, but you're acting like you are because people are taking your words as as fact and not opinion. And that's dangerous. I was kind of surprised he kept doing all these things, though, especially because he's obviously pissed that his dad's in prison. Well, so I think that that absence in his father um, lends himself to that, and I think I think that's his way of being connected to his dad, like also doing like these kind of petty crimes, um, and it's maybe it's just a way of acting out, like because he doesn't need the money, but it's you know my dad's a criminal, so why won't why I'm gonna be a criminal too? I'm destined to be a criminal. I'm just like my dad, um, which could tie into the alcoholism in Robert Downey Jr.'s character and the daughter having the smoking habit. Which I love how that happens with the RX bag that it was Nicorette, yes. or well, it wasn't Nicorette, it was nicotine, nicotine gum. gum. But yeah, because um, like how that plays out and that he hits him and 
I mean, it, it, everything just works to me. Um, you know, I, I buy when Bartlett is a... He doesn't need to come to her rescue. Like, she doesn't need him to. Like, I don't feel like she's a damsel in distress. He does it because he's... You know, that's where he's at. He's He does care for her. I, I think he genuinely... The, the first time they see each other in the hallway, she sells it. And... Professor. Professor. I love that. And Yes. I'm I I like Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. I've only seen it once. Um, but I don't think I loved it. And I, I didn't feel like I bought her and Michael Sarah um like having that chemistry. And I like Michael Sarah a lot. I mean Scott Pilgrim favorite movie all time. Um But I I didn't buy them. I totally bought her and Charlie though. I really from the get go. And I do I, I like Michael Sarah. I think Anton Yelchin is tremendously better actor. Um, I think Michael Sarah in the right role, like Scott Pilgrim, works perfectly. But I think in terms of range and charisma, uh, Anton Yelchin was all over it, you know. And I think that helps because uh, Kat Dennings, like, she's not bad. I don't even, have you ever seen her sitcom Two Broke Girls? No. I freaking hate it. It's it's oh, so you? obnoxious. I've tried a few times. It's it's so like. Did you ever watch, like, the Disney sitcoms when you were growing up? Like, where, like, every line feels like you're reading a script. And, like, the jokes just land. Like, I just read this. I'm going to read this one. That's every Disney show to me. Like, I feel like they're just reading the script verbatim. Oh, I've just never watched them. Oh, you're lucky. Um, I I didn't watch them myself, but my daughter watched them. And thus, I watched many of them. Um, And that's how Two Broke Girls feels. And that's rare for, like, an adult sitcom to feel like you're reading lines and waiting for laugh tracks. Um, like they are like if you watch Big Bang Theory and you're aware of the laugh track, you will see that they're reading a line and waiting for the laugh track to end. But Two Bro Girls feels like that. Like it's very blatant, and I I I don't I don't know what it is because I think she's got a naturalism about her in this movie. And Two Bro Girls, it feels like she's trying to act. And even in Thor, she's a small character, but she a lot of her lines feel very forced. Um, but I, I really like her in this. I think she's she's solid in this. Hope Davis as the mom I think is great. Robert Downey Jr. is uh, spot on. Um, are there any scenes or anything that you wanted to, to discuss before we wrap up? Mm-mm. No, I really enjoyed it, though. I mean, there's a lot here. I feel like there's a lot to dissect in this movie, too. That's the other thing. Um, one of the, the reviews said it's a smart film, and I think it is extremely smart. And I think the more times you watch it, the more you'll see like how they're setting things up early and like how things pay off later, uh, the parallels between the alcoholism and, and all of and the, the different drug use. I totally wasn't expecting the dad to be in prison. Like when, yeah, when he says he's, when dad left, I thought he met another woman or something. Um, or dead. then he tells, he tells Kat Denning's character that he's dead, but it seemed pretty obvious that that was a lie. Oh, one last comment though. The movie is severely dated by its technology. <laughs> yeah. The the flip keyboard cell phone that she's rocking is like, oh no. What were those called? The Sidekick. It wasn't an, the Sidekick was an official brand from T-Mobile. It was just a flip keyboard phone. Um, I had one <laughs> similar to the one she had, uh, which I liked that phone a lot though. That was like my favorite phone before the smartphones, um, and I still long for those old keyboards. But yeah, I really um. Oh, and Drake's Drake shows up. We got to mention Drake. Um, Drake shows up uh, talking about like either his dad or stepdad is abusive and um, 
the way he treats his mom. He's upset about. Um, I, I, I called it Bartlett, Bartlett Toilet Confessionals um, because it feels more like a, a priest confessional than it does like a psychiatry setup. <laughs> they don't look at them. <laughs> yeah, but I love how that's shot and those sequences are really strong. Um, and Murph outside always at the sinks. Yep, unless unless uh, requests are made. Um, I The one scene that I'm not sure how I felt uh, after they have sex, after uh Charlie I'm not a virgin anymore. Him doing that recurring theme of him like saying, hello, everybody, I'm Charlie Bartlett. And, you know, my name is Charlie Bartlett. That we start the movie off with and that we find out it's his fantasy that, you know, um, essentially he's like a Tony Little or Tony Robbins, like motivational speaker. Um, Everyone loves him. But, uh, yeah, him shouting it. And then it's not a point of controversy. Like Kat Dennings just kind of laughs it off. It's no big deal. Um, I don't know if I if i'm okay if i feel okay with that like i mean i don't know like I, i'm maybe a little old school with thinking about sexuality like those things are private and meant to be between the individuals so like any version of like shouting it out feels wrong you know, you get what i'm saying like like because people are gonna put together who he slept with and in 2007 especially the woman's gonna get the stigma of being like easy or a tramp or a slut which they don't do in this and i want to give credit to that because even whitney who's telling him that she slept with like the whole football team she's never called a slut she's never a slut shamed um you know at least not in the movie like it, it's implied that maybe she feels that way but you don't see it happen and i think that's pretty progressive for a 2007 film to not do that to the characters i think even now that would be progressive it would yeah no completely a hundred percent agree because it's still uh slut shaming is still a big issue um in today's world especially because it is such a double standard a, a man has sex everyone high fives and the woman has sex but like who did slut. they sleep with okay mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah. it's a ridiculous double standard but one that still exists and so um i think that's what made me kind of like oh charlie i don't know if that's okay but the movie doesn't play it and she laughs and although her line after it is she says for crying out loud and that might be the worst line to respond to that that could have been said it's like that's the most generic catchphrase for crying out loud like i'm like oh what like so the movie's not without cigarette its flaws. Yeah, yeah yeah post-coital cigarette uh the the staple of movies actually the fact that a, a high school character is smoking is actually kind of uh ballsy too because uh, they have with the exception of, like, your auteur directors, smoking in movies has been kind of pushed out because smoking is so bad. And they, um, I think that's even part of, like, the uh, the regulatory system on cigarettes now is that you have to, like, minimize when characters can smoke. A lot of our movies have cigarettes still. Tarantino loves it. It gives characters something to do in the movies, and that's a big reason why a lot of filmmakers like it. They're not just sitting there talking. They're sitting there talking, and then they're moving their hand to their mouth, and they're lighting the cigarette. You know, I mean, how many awesome shots exist of a character lighting a cigarette in a movie like those are some of the coolest shots sometimes and it shouldn't be but they are there's some really awesome like lighter tricks and things like that just been used to death but it's not made a sh it's not showy she's smoking he doesn't like it she's then trying to quit um i guess you could it's not like she's trying to quit because he's telling her he won't date her or won't kiss her if she's smoking either which i think again is important this movie's not like he's not just bullying her into being who he wants. He's like, oh, maybe you could quit, and she's like, yeah, maybe I should. 
and again the fact that her dad's an alcoholic i see there's motivation there for her to like i don't like this about my dad i don't want to be stuck to something i don't want to be addicted to something because i've seen how it can have negative effects um you know i'm not sure but i feel like this movie handles things a lot better than a lot of other high school movies do and i think that in and of itself is worthy of this movie being seen by more people so i'm really really glad Corey, that you picked this i clearly uh am over the moon with this film in fact i think i like it more than i probably should um and i, I honestly Why? you love movies like this i do this is such a, a and i think that movie. this one's so much smarter than probably uh you know yeah than a lot of these teen movies and I, you know, my favorite film of this year as of right now, which I don't usually tell you because we do at the end of the year, the top five movies. Which but, is my favorite episode. Um, I love doing that episode. Uh, Booksmart right now, though, is my favorite film of the year. It's it's it hits all of my my checkboxes perfectly. Um, Charlie Bartlett might be my like in my top five movies that I've watched this year. Like it's not from this year, obviously, but it's I, I it clicked for me. And again, I am very partial to Anton Yelchin and I'm very partial to Robert Downey Jr. Although the, the I've seen Robert Downey Jr. movies I don't like. Um and a lot of them are the oh, non Marvel yeah. movies uh that have come out since the Marvel movies. But uh I like him here a lot. Um again I don't think this is I, I don't think it's perfect. I'm not sitting here saying that there's no flaws in this film. But I I even find the flaws to be kind of endearing and Yelchin I just think is so great. And I do think this movie's saying stuff. I think there's stuff that it's it's pointing out and it's um you know pushing out messages which you can or can disagree with but i do think our mental health care in in the united states is is sad um i think we uh i feel like so many people get misdiagnosed or mistreated um or not treated or at all so quick to throw pills at people to just medicate and not not deal with the actual issues that are causing the problems just you know let's treat the symptoms and not fix the problem um which is of course when you know the pharmaceutical industry in the u.s is so massive and has so many lobbyists it does make you very sick like kind of feel dirty and i think that's a big part of this movie i, th I do think it, it goes away from it uh after he stops dealing but i think it's in the first half of the movie i think it's very prominent and um, I, I had to pause the movie and t uh, send a message to a friend who's a mental health counselor. I was like, I think you need to watch this movie. I'd really like to hear you, what you, how you interpret what they're saying. Um, so I'm wait, I'm hoping that they will actually give it a watch. Again, I recommend a lot of movies to a lot of people. Uh, more often than not, they don't watch them, and it makes me sad. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I'm ready to give a review uh, or rating for Charlie Bartlett. Um, are you? yeah i i am a little torn um i'm i Same. feel i feel like uh my love of the movie is is heightened because i just watched it but i'm i think i'm gonna just go ahead and go with must see um i feel like i've been too enthusiastic to not give it that rating so um <laughs> charlie bartlett for me is gonna be must see uh what about you Corey? oh i guess i'll go must see also well, i'm no torn between pressure. that and no, I'm not. Okay. I think that, because um, I don't know if you know this, but every single time that we rate the movies, I have to pull up the rating system, and then I have to go with whichever one it has more of the description. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm torn between Must See and Not Quite Golden Pony Boy, but yeah. 
Well, I don't own this yet, but I, I'm going to be keeping my eye out for it to go on sale, and I'm going to add it to my collection because it's a movie I think I will rewatch. But fortunately, and... it's on Prime. Yes. Um, were you about to say something else before I cut you off? I was, was going to say that if I was younger, like, I could totally see this being not, like, quite in the vein of Can't Hardly Wait For Me or Empire Records, but being one of those movies that I would you know, probably have on a rotation, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, if I if this was just, like, regularly playing on HBO or something right now, and I, I don't really watch TV that way anymore, but if I, like, back in the day when I would just have stuff constantly on, yeah, totally could <laughs> see this just being thrown on in the background, jumping in at any point. Um, even though it deals with serious stuff at times, I feel like it does so in a engaging and... I don't want to say entertaining, but I, I it is. It's it's done in a way that makes you um, interact with the film. Like it, it's going to make you talk, think about it, react to it, um, present it in ways that are are more accessible than other films might try. So, um, yeah, I'm very uh, very stoked uh, that we watched this film. Um, let's look ahead though to uh, next week's episode. Um, I get to pick this one, and um, I also went with Prime, and that's what I said. Like, unfortunately, I think everything we've picked this month is going to be on Amazon Prime. It, it could be on other streaming services, so please do uh, check that. Um, you know, if you don't have Prime, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the movies that we're watching. Um, I don't know, Corey. Have you looked at the movies that I picked? Um, I don't know, because for once you, I was behind. Yeah, <laughs> we're the was... straggler. Yeah. Well, this th- I'm pretty sure you're going to be very excited about this next film um, that I picked. Uh, it's called What They Had. It came out last year, but I missed it. Um, it didn't come to a theater near me, and I've been wanting to watch it since I saw the trailer. It stars Hilary Swank, but it stars our boy Michael Shannon. Um, they're <gasps> brother and sisters in this film. Um, yes. And Nick requests her to come back and help take care of their parents, uh, who are played by Blythe Danner, who I I keep getting. She's in Hearts Beat Loud, and she's in The Tomorrow Man with um, John Lithgow this year, which is so good. Um, so I'm really excited about her being in this movie and also Robert Forrester, who I first became really familiar with, with, uh, Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown. Um, he's so good in that movie. So I'm really excited about this film. It's going to be emotional, I think. Uh, but, uh, Tysa Farmiga, who is Vera's, uh, sister, I think, um, Tysa was in The Nun, if I'm not mistaken, earlier this year, which was, or late last year, which sucked really bad, but, um. Or unless I'm wrong, is there another Famiga? Oh no, I'm right. It's her. Um, there it is. Uh, and then the Mule, which was god awful. Um, I didn't realize she was in Final Girls. I want to watch that. Um, it looks like she's in Anna this year too. But um, yeah, I've been wanting to see this. Uh, it looks like it's gonna be sad because I believe Blythe Danner's character has Alzheimer's, and oh. um, and that's kind of like why he uh Nick wants his sister to come help. And Robert Forrester's having a hard time dealing with his wife forgetting everything. Um, so it's going to be like an emotional one, but it's one that I think will be uh, something you and I both might enjoy in that sad sort of way. Um, so that is our next movie is What They Had. It is on Amazon Prime, as I said. Um, for the rest of the month, though, I'm going to go ahead and drop these. Uh, Corey picked Roadhouse, uh, the um, Patrick Swayze vehicle that we recently talked about on another episode of Top 5 Movies. Um I don't remember, Mike brought it up or something because we were talking about Patrick Swayze 
and neither of us have ever seen Roadhouse. And, or Red Dawn. I, I was really Dawn. torn between the two, and they're both on Amazon Prime. I think Red Dawn is probably a better movie, but I think Roadhouse is a more iconic Patrick Swayze role because it's like one of his like he's like an action star in this one kind of thing like there's a lot of fighting um i'm familiar with this film on a like zeitgeist pop cultural level uh people that have made fun of it like ron white has a whole bit about patrick swayze and like the type of guy who like watches roadhouse so i'm kind of interested to see it um i feel like i've seen parts of it but i've definitely never sat and watched the whole movie and then uh, the last thing, I'm going back even farther for our the last movie of the month. I picked 12 Angry Men from 1957. Um, it's a film that is on the t- AFI Top 100. It's a film I've been trying to get to, um, and I felt like this was the time to throw it on the list. So that's the rest of the month. We were watching what they had, Roadhouse and 12 Angry Men. All four of the movies that we're watching this month are on Amazon Prime, and that goes with our theme, A River Runs Through Us. Um, we'd love to hear from you, your thoughts on the films, maybe suggestions for future themes, etc., etc. You can reach out to us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews, Corey. At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. If you like what we're doing, we ask that you rate and review the podcast. It helps us to get new listeners. Um, feel free to uh, help support the podcast financially if you can. There's a subscribe button, I think, or a um, support button, sorry, in the show notes. You can just click. It'll take you to anchor.fm, which is our uh, podcast host, and you can donate any amount of money if you choose to. You do not have to. This is completely free. We do this because we like to do it. Um, And if you like to listen, we like you to listen and tell everybody about it. Um, I do want to point out uh, another podcast I do, Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, just dropped our month of May episode where we look back at the big four films from May. And Matt and I had a lot of things to say about Godzilla, King of Monsters, um, and uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, um, John Wick Chapter 3, and uh, Aladdin, which Corey mentioned this episode she didn't like as much as Matt and I both kind of were surprised that we like because the month before matt and i talked a lot of trash about aladdin and how we were not looking forward to it and then we both kind of had to eat a little bit of humble pie there because we both kind of liked it so that's available on a different podcast just search bloody awesome wherever you get your podcast and give it a listen tap that subscribe button um thank you again Corey. i will see you next week to talk about what they had and until next time listener keep watching movies this has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts covering the entire movie verse. There's something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at WhatIWatchTonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.